hey, today I'm going to go to a little bit different of a place than where normally go on Easter. We're still in the resurrection, right? So the resurrection takes place. Let me kind of set the scene, right? Jesus dies on the cross on Friday. We have a couple days of darkness. It's, it's, it's a sad time. But then we come together on Sunday to celebrate the resurrection, which means that you actually have to celebrate the resurrection. Like, it's not just this thing where we just kind of sit there. It's a celebration because today we're going to see how it really reflects on ourselves. But here's what I love about Jesus, all right? A lot of times when you preach and you talk about Easter, the easy one to go to, and I'm not going to say it's easy because it's not, it's, it's the fun one to go to, is you go in there and you talk about Jesus he, the, and the Marys, they come to the grave, the grave's rolled away, we celebrate that, and that's exciting, and then we jump to the disciples and we talk about Jesus appearing to them and, and how exciting it was for them to be back together. But today, we're going to talk about when Jesus comes out of the grave the Marys hear about what's taking place, hear about what's happening. All this stuff already took place and happened. But before Jesus even goes to meet with his disciples, to go meet with his friends, check this out. Jesus goes away from the place that he's supposed to be going to. You see, prophecy foretold that Jesus was going to be in Jerusalem, right? And so prophecy says this is where Jesus is going to be. But Jesus had some other plans. You see, Jesus really liked detours. We've talked about detours, right? He's on his way to a Jewish festival, and he stops in this place called Bethesda and goes and heals a guy. Detour, crazy detour, awesome stuff, big time. But here he is again. He likes detours. Jesus is, is out here, resurrected, and the first thing that he wants to do is go on a journey. We've seen week after week after week in this Easter time that Jesus was all about building and establishing relationships. We were not called to do this thing alone. And it just proves how important relationships are and how important friendships are because the first thing Jesus does when he comes out of the grave is he goes and builds relationships. Walk with me here. Jesus, Jesus is, is chilling, right? And there's these guys. We're going to hear about this guy named Cleopas. And it's a weird thing because Cleo... We're going to call him Cleo today. Cleo was never really talked about in Scripture before. So he's this random dude, okay? And, and here he is with his buddy walking. And, and they're just, you know, minding their own business. Things just didn't go the way they had hoped it was going to go. And so I'm sitting here wondering. I'm studying. I'm processing through this a little bit. And I'm like, I wonder why the Bible doesn't talk about Cleo's friend. Like it says his friend was there. The whole time his friend was there, it completely it continues to reference him as, as his friend, his, his buddy. But why not ever call him by name? And, and I've been praying about that. I told my wife this the other day. I said, I was processing this, trying to figure out like, come on, why is there, why is there no name attached to this? Because that's what we like. We like to see names. Why is there no name attached to this? And clear as day, it was written like this. You ready? Sometimes it's not about you. Sometimes it's not about you. And in this story, it was not about Cleo's friend. Point blank. It was not about his friend. It was about the things that Cleo was going to speak. It was about the things that Jesus is about to do. And so check this out. Scripture says, Now that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus. And it was about a seven-mile journey from Jerusalem. These two guys were talking to each other about everything that had just happened. 
as they talked and they discussed these things with each other. Listen to this. They're sitting here walking, minding their own business. And the scripture says, Jesus himself came up and just started walking alongside them. So here they are, out here on this journey together, just walking. And here Jesus is walking alongside them. Jesus is with them. And, and, and I love this because uh, they, scripture says this, that they were kept from, from recognizing Jesus. And uh, so Jesus asks him, like, this is just how cool Jesus is. Like, they're walking along this seven-mile journey, and Jesus says, hey, what are you discussing together as you walk along? Jesus doesn't walk up and go, hey, I'm Jesus. You want to know what I just did? Because that's what I would have done. Dude, I just defeated the grave. Devil thought he won. Uh Oh, I'm here. But Jesus just walks up. He's just chill. He's like, hey, what are y'all discussing? You know, like how crazy would it have been like going back to preschool? They would have been like, it's an A-B conversation, so see your way out of this, right? And But no, they, they let Jesus in on it. And, and Jesus asked them this question, and I love this. Listen to this. The men, they stood still. They were on this journey. They stood still in the middle of the road with their faces downcast. So they just got their faces hanging there. I see disappointment there. They're disappointed about the things that just happened. One of them named Cleopas, we're going to call him Cleo, asked Jesus, ask Jesus. He asks, listen to me, he asks Jesus this question. Are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened these past couple days? <laughs> and Jesus says, what things? <laughs> what things? I, <laughs> I've, I've been chilling in a grave for a couple days here. And uh, what things? And Cleo says, about Jesus of Nazareth. And, and so Cleo goes on to preach to Jesus, right? And so Cleo says, he was a prophet, a powerful in the word and deed before God and all the people, the chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one. Listen, we'll go back a minute. But, but we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. Disappointment and now doubt has sunk in. We had hoped that he was going to be the one to redeem Israel. And what, what is more is that the third day since all this took place in addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning but didn't find his body. They came and they told us that they had seen this vision of angels who had said that he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the woman had said, but they didn't see Jesus there. You know, Jesus has a response to this. Jesus says, how foolish you are and how slow to believe. Look, they're walking. Jesus is like, come on, guys. Like, we got a long journey ahead of us. Here he is, man. If this was modern day, they'd jump to Uber or something. So they're here. They're walking along with each other, right? And, and he says, how foolish you are and how slow to believe. All the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer all these things? They're walking. They're on this journey together. Suffer these things and then enter into his glory and beginning with Moses and, and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in the scripture concerning himself. Oh, my goodness. Listen to this. Here they are. They, they made this journey. They're back where they, they're, they're where they need to be. 
And this tells you right here, listen to me, follow me here for a minute. This tells you right here how Jesus is, because I think Jesus is this really cool guy. A lot of times we put him off as this like, this guy that's just real strict and he's got this thing going on. But here's how slick Jesus is, ready? They get to where they need to be and the guys, they stop because they're like, I'm here. And Jesus is like, yeah, I'm going to keep walking. Scripture says that. It doesn't say that Jesus stops with them. He just keeps walking because he knows what they're getting ready to do. And the guy says, hey, Jesus. No, he didn't say, hey, Jesus, because he didn't know who he was. He said, hey, dude, why don't you come back and hang out with us? It's getting late. It's nearly evening. The day is almost over. And so Jesus went to stay with them. Think about this just for one second here. Check this out. How many times? I'm, I'm guilty of this, right? And, and so I've said this before. You know, people, we go through hardships. We go through hard times. Been there. You've been there. And, and one of the quick things sometimes to say is like, all you need to have is a little bit of faith. You need to have all this faith and Jesus will speak to you. But let me share something that Jesus opened my eyes to. These two guys were full of disappointment, full of doubt, and Jesus traveled seven miles alongside of them to speak to them, to build relationships with them, so that they could get ready to experience what it is that Jesus has. Sometimes it's not all about what you hear, but it's about what you experience. Right here in this building and, and churches all across the country and across the world, people come into these places to worship. They hear the words that are spoken. They, they hear the prayers that are prayed. They hear the songs that they, they might sing and worship to, but it doesn't always necessarily mean that they're tight-knit with Jesus, right? And so they hear it, and they're like, man, that song was really good. I'm going to go back because the, the song was excellent, or, or, man, did you hear that word that was spoken? Did you hear? Like, that was, that was really motivational. Like, I'm going to go back home, and I'm, I'm ready to go. I'm going to mow the grass. That's what, like, preaching does to me. I'm like, I'm going to go mow the grass. Forget, forget dinner today. Mowing the grass seems right. Um, just kidding. But seriously, though, you, you hear these things, and it's really cool. But sometimes it's not until you experience what Jesus has for you experience what Jesus has done for somebody else, that it starts to finally make sense. Listen to me. I love this. I said this Good Friday, all right? Before Jesus died, one of the last things that he ever did was he went and he broke bread. And what's one of the first things he does when he's resurrected? He breaks bread and gives thanks. Oh, man, that's good stuff, right? Because here Jesus is, He's going on this journey. He's walked all these miles. He's walked all this time so that he could go be somewhere that he's not supposed to be. I'm comfortable with being up there on the stage. I'm not supposed to be standing here right now. Jesus was supposed to be in Jerusalem. He wasn't supposed to be on a seven-mile journey in Emmaus, but that's where he found himself being. Sometimes you're not comfortable with where you're going to be. Sometimes you're not comfortable where your journey led you to. But it's not about that. It's about experiencing what God's going to do on that journey. Because at the end of that journey, here's what he does. He breaks bread. He gives thanks. And their eyes were open, Scripture says. Their eyes were open. You know why their eyes were open? Jewish custom says this is how you break bread. Boom. So what's Jesus do? He breaks the bread. And they see and they experience the scars that were left on his wrists. 
The experience took place and their eyes were open. Listen, I'm telling you right now, Easter isn't just about him coming out of the grave. It's showing you that there is a path for you to walk out of that grave. You don't have to be stuck there. There's a place for you to go. We sing those songs. I believe if we're going to sing it here at Movement Church, we're going to believe it and we're going to declare that it can happen. And I believe that if Jesus is walking out of that grave, we're walking too. We're walking right behind him because here's what it's all about. We are two days into our Easter celebration. We had Good Friday. We had our first service. We've got 13 salvations already. People walking out of the grave. And that is what it's all about. We celebrate that. That is new life. That is big things taking place. I want you to hear this. I want you to hear that it's okay to have scars. Sometimes we believe that we have to cover them up. We have to cover these scars up, these emotional scars, these mental scars, these physical scars. Because it doesn't always look good. It doesn't always sound good. But here's what it's all about. Jesus, listen, I believe that if he could walk out of that grave, he could have just done. He didn't have to have that plastic surgery right there. He's done. He's healed. He's good to go. He doesn't need these scars, but he needed those scars. He used those scars. He shows those scars. And I believe that for a lot of us in this room today, you're going to sit here and say, I've got scars. I'm speaking up. Man, I got them. There's, there's some times where things don't go the way you go or you, you hope that they go. And, and so you carry these, these emotional scars sometimes. Or, or these different things that happen. You know, some people, some people in this room right now can, can agree with me. You've been hurt by the church before. You've been hurt by the church before. And, and it was a struggle to come back. But you realize that it wasn't the, the, the God. It wasn't God himself that hurt you. It was people that hurt you. People disappoint you. But at the same breath, in the same way, Jesus is calling us to have relationships. And so what is that all about? It's so that we can have these so we can share, so people can experience the goodness of God and what it is that he is fully capable of doing. Resurrection Sunday is all about standing firm and knowing that if this grave opened for Jesus, it's opening for you. And I declare that today, that there are graves opening, not just here in this location, but across the entire world today. Churches are celebrating salvations. You know, one of the things that, that we, we, made a, we made a choice of when we first started, and I'm, I'm guilty of saying it a lot, like those type of things. Like we, we use, uh, oh, they were saved today. That's exciting. They were saved today. And then people are like, what do you mean they're saved? They jumped out in front of a car and somebody pulled them back. <laughs> like we said, hey, people are coming out of the grave today. You're like, that's, that's really gross sounding. No, 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 it's not. Because here's what's so cool about that picture. Follow me for a second. Before Jesus resurrects, he goes to this place. He goes to this place where his, one of his buddies has just died, and he's been dead for a little while, and they've, they've buried him, and he's in his grave clothes and everything. And what's Jesus do? He walks up to that grave. He walks up to that place where his friend Lazarus was buried, and he calls him out. He says, hey, Lazarus, come out oh my goodness, man, I, I can just picture Jesus the day that, that I gave everything to him where he just cried out, Richie, come on, it's time to get out of that grave. 
It's time to move on. It's time to walk on. I walked out of it. You're walking out of it. You're not stuck in that place. You're not stuck in the darkness. You're not stuck in your grave clothes because I believe that big things are ahead. And sometimes we can't see those things because we're covered in scars. We're covered in issues. But the problem is, is that we let those hold us back. Jesus didn't let those hold us back. He said, experience what it is that I am fully capable of doing. That is where it all comes out. And that is what it's all about. Listen, if, you, if you're like, hey, I need something more than New Testament stuff. Go back to the Old Testament. What's God do? He calls out in the book of Elijah. We talked about this a couple months ago. He calls out to a, a whole valley of dead bones, dried bones, bones that, that were worthless, chewed up, useless bones. And, and he says, I'm going to make them walk. And he gives them life and they stand and they walk and skin appears and, and then he breathes life into them. And they walk out of this tomb, this grave that they never thought was going to be capable. And here they are, alive again, a vast army, Scripture says, standing before God, knowing what God is getting ready to call them to. And I'm telling you this right now, if you will allow it, God is getting ready to do something big with you. Resurrection Sunday, we celebrate that Jesus rose from the grave, but we celebrate even more that he gave us a path that we can walk out of the grave too. Church, here in just a minute, we're going to pray. But I want to make a challenge even beyond and above this prayer that we're getting ready to pray. We are in this together. It doesn't matter what church you go to. It doesn't matter what denomination you belong to. It doesn't matter what they look like, how they sound. None of that matters. We are in this thing together. We are called to take journeys. And just as Jesus did that day, he took a seven-mile journey the day he came back from the dead so that he could build a relationship with Cleo and his buddy that would change them for a lifetime. So here's what I'm going to ask you guys today. And here's what I'm asking you online today. Are you in a place that maybe sometime in your life that you've, you've gotten angry at God? Or maybe you got angry at somebody and you, and you just wanted to take it out on somebody. And, and so you just kind of walked away from church. Maybe you still showed up here every day or every Sunday, but you were just angry. You're full of spite and, and frustration and, and, and disappointment and doubt. But Jesus is pursuing you, saying, it's all right, come back. I've got you. I love you. I gave you away. Today marks my freedom, and I've given that to you. Maybe you're in a place today, you're like, man, I've never had a relationship with Jesus. I've talked about it, maybe even gone to church my whole life, but never truly committed myself to say that Jesus is the Lord of my life. I'm surrendering everything to him. Today's your day. Don't go another day without that. Your life will change. Because here's, I, I truly believe this. I was thinking about this last night. I couldn't sleep last night because I was so excited. I told you that earlier. And I was thinking about this. Like, I just had this picture in my head of, of people, like, coming in from their cars, from the parking lot. And Satan's got these chains 
that he's just pulling on. He's saying, I don't want you to go in there today because I know that there's something big there. I know that something's going to happen, but Satan's got these, these chains and he's just pulling back. Come on, I don't want you to go in there. I need you. And he fills you with these lies. But Jesus is even stronger, and he's saying, oh, no, I got something even bigger for you today. I love what Ethan did here, is that he took these chains that were connected, he just smeared them. They're gone. That's what Jesus does. He goes in there, he takes those chains, and he wipes them clean. Sometimes you might carry them. Sometimes those might be your, your scars. But he takes them away from you. You can use them to work with somebody, to share with somebody. But right here... This is broken. So that you can come out of that tomb. So you can come out of that grave. So I want you to stand with me. And I want, I want to challenge you today to pray this prayer with me today if that's you. If you're in a place that you just need to recommit that life, your life to Jesus, make that recommitment today. If you're in a place today that you've never accepted Jesus as your Lord and you're like, I need this in my life. I don't know where it's going to take me, but I know that I need it. I want to challenge you today to pray this boldly with faith. And we celebrate what it is that God is going to do through you. So would everybody close your eyes and bow your heads today and pray with me if this is you. Jesus, I love you, and I need you. Forgive me for the things that I have done. Take me into your kingdom. Walk with me as I journey through life and as I walk out of my grave. I love you, Jesus. You are my Savior, and I am a child of yours. Listen, every head is bowed, every eye is shut. If you prayed that prayer today, would you just raise your hand up for me? Just raise that hand up for me so that we can see that. Thank you so much. God bless you. Jesus, I thank you for what it is that you are doing through Movement Church. Whether it's in an outreach or a service, whether it's through a friendship, through a fam group, however it is, Father, I pray that you continue to use us, to shape us, to mold us, to call us. As we get ready to celebrate these, these new lives for you, Father, as we get ready to celebrate through baptism today, Father, this isn't something that's, that's taken lightly, but it's something that we celebrate, declaring that you are Lord. And so, Father, I pray today that as we get ready to, to conclude in this service and baptize and worship and celebrate that those of us that have sat in this room today and said, I'm good. I've got that relationship. That the verbiage is, and I'm good, I don't need to do anything. But the verbiage is, I'm good, and I'm ready to walk alongside somebody. I'm ready to take that seven-mile journey with someone because I know that we are called to do this thing together. Jesus, I love you. I praise you in your name, I pray. Amen.